everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. I am your host, Garrett Wong, and with me, my co-host, Robbie Duncan McNeil. How are you, buddy? Hello, people. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I already incorporated our shorter intro right there. You like that? I, I liked it. It was nice. <laughs> nice. This is just getting better and better, this show. Yeah. You know what? You were talking about uh, needing a nap. I yes. think this is something that as we are now in our 50s, naps are really well, key. I mean, it's unbelievable how much sleep time that I feel like I need extra sleep time. And you also. Same na- thing. I did, same thing. Yeah. I, um, I find that when I'm filming and working, I have to go when we break for lunch for our 30 or 45 minute lunch, I have to go in the trailer. I have an app on my phone. I put on this thing called calm and I put it on for 15, 20 minutes and I just have to lie down and like, like, uh, I don't always nap sometimes just like breathing and meditation or yeah. something like that is just as good, but like just calming my brain and my body for, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember when we were filming that Tim Russ took a lot of naps and he would tell me, (laughs) he would tell me, he'd say, listen, 15 minutes, 15 minutes will do you a world of good. And I kept thinking, really? 15 minutes of nap time? I can't even fall asleep in 15 minutes. How do you do it? But, you know, he had his little reclining beach chair on the set and he had a little personal heater. So he was always warm and bathrobe and slippers. So, you know, he was the master of naps. He knew how to relax. Tim Russ does know how, he knows how to relax. He does. He really does. College football is back. I'm a big college football fan. Hmm. Uh, my team yesterday, the Georgia Bulldogs, yeah, a very slow start against Arkansas. It was kind of scary the first half. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe football players are playing football with, uh, you know, COVID and all that. I can't. Yeah. I didn't expect that it was going to happen this year or the NFL or any of that. There are certain uh, divisions, uh, certain colleges that are not yeah. playing, right, yeah. at all. But when it comes to the South, football is such a institution that I yes. think they said, you know, uh, we're going to play COVID or not. We're going to play. Yeah. You guys still have the same coach? Is it the yeah, same? Yeah, we do. Kirby Smart at Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Georgia is just known for providing the NFL with some real quality running backs. I'll say yes. that there's some Georgia running backs that um, it's almost they, guaranteed. If you're the, if you're the starting running back for Georgia, you're going to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, right. They call who's it running back. You, they call That's right. it who's your, who in the past decade, who are your favorite Georgia running backs that you just adored or loved? Well, I love Nick Chubb who had just graduated, uh, you know, just went in the NFL last year. Amazing. Cleveland Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cleveland Brown. Um, Nick Chubb is great. Um, no Sean Marino, I loved. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Um, Did DeAndre Swift go to uh, DeAndre Georgia? Swift is, yeah. yeah, he's up at. He's uh, a lion now. Detroit Lion. Yeah, with Matt Stafford. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I love college football. There's something about that. It just feels like fall. It feels like uh, holiday time of year. So, yeah. Anyway, it was nice to see some football back, but I, did, I took my nap. Getting back to the nap thing, I was watching some college football. Got a little nap in. It was a perfect Saturday yesterday. <laughs> perfect. And, you know, I had to rest up because we've got a show to record today. That's right. That's right. Be, 
you know, I have to do my exercises, my, <laughs> my podcasting, uh, rewatch exercises, laying down on the couch, testing my fingers for the remote, the pause button. You know, this is, this is hard work. We should shoot a whole video of you, a montage of you working out your finger, yeah. <laughs> working out your, uh, your other various, you know, muscles that, that you have to use while for a rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for rewatching. <laughs> yep. All right. So this week's episode is uh, persistence of vision. Mm -hmm. So we are, we are going to rewatch this episode and come back with our recap. All right, guys, we're back from the rewatch of Persistence of Vision. Yes, we are. What's your initial reaction to, to seeing that? Creepy. <laughs> Here's my initial reaction. What the hell was Bolana doing with Chakotay? I didn't that remember which, that. That's my initial reaction. That's your takeaway. My yeah, no, I agree. I agree with creepy. you. It was I, I got it. It was very Twilight Zony, but I do, I do agree with you. I don't remember Chicote smacking on, no. on, on Torres. What and the heck? Falling down in the bed, and then she's like, "Give me that stuff." She yeah, like, she turned, attacked him. The Klingon came out in her. You hear that? She was. Yeah. She's like, no, no. She's like, "Yes, rawr. And she just yeah. kind of devoured him, and yeah. I was so shocked. I was. That's my initial reaction. Is I got okay. creeped out by Balana. <laughs> um, I'm glad that I didn't remember that she had these buried thoughts about Chakotay, or we would have had a conversation about that. So written by Jerry Taylor, uh, directed by Jim Conway. I'm going to go ahead and give you my haiku. For this. I can't wait. I you can't ready? wait. Here we go. Captain is so stressed. Visions and voices galore. Resonance burst saves. Whoa. Nice haiku. Like I'm going to try to just do a limerick rap right now off the top of okay, my head. Okay, wrap it out. I'm just going to wrap, wrap out, out a limerick rap. Go. They went into both a space. They were seeing things all over the place. Janeway got kissed, and Paris got dissed, and Kess and Neelix had Alka-Seltzer on their face. <laughs> That's my limerick. Oh, That's my you... limerick rap. Dude, Bam! you knocked that out of the park. You were a <laughs> You were a Georgia Bulldog running back scoring yeah. a touchdown on Just that one, my came friend. Came through with a limit <laughs> wrap off the top of my tongue. Yeah, that was Alka-Seltzer on their face, that by the way. <laughs> okay. It didn't really, my, my limerick I, synopsis didn't really capture the story, you but know, it rhymed. You so. know what I wrote? What you say Alka-Seltzer. Seltzer. What I wrote down, I wrote yes. down s'mores. It just reminded me of camping and marshmallows and s'mores oh, and nice. graham crackers and meltedness mm. you know that's kind of mm. what it felt like it did look like a s'mores hey um janeway's hair it's back to the bun but there's some highlight going on i don't know there. if you noticed it was sort of blondish in yes. the front and red in the back i actually made a note that i liked her hair this time like okay. this version of the bun yeah i actually thought was very flattering is there some versions of the bun that mm -mm. Yeah, business up front, party in the back. No, this was a good version, good version of the bun. Um, yeah, we head into, we're entering both a space, you know, they mm -hmm. talk about it, uh, just passing through, just looking to meet them, get permission to pass through. Clearly, Janeway is stressed out at the top, clearly. Big time. Big yeah. time stressed out. We're all, you know, that, that's clear from the beginning. 
I got to say, I love the mini doctor at the very beginning <laughs> when they project him in and he's like this big and they did it before. Like there was another episode, I think in season one that we yeah. watched where yeah. he was a tiny on, you know, he was shrinking. He was shrinking. Yeah. But I love when they play around with those ideas with the doctor mm -hmm. and, and they change up his voice a little, like it starts getting a little cartoony like that. I wish they had, yeah, yeah, I wish they had done more of that. Like played with the idea of his size and his voice. I think it could have been a lot, a lot of fun to have, you know, if we need to sneak into some place where tiny little doctor could have snuck in there and I think it would have been awesome. I don't know why we didn't do that. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. It makes me laugh. So that's a mistake that Torres and Kim did, right? So they tried to project him to his yeah. normal size and he was tiny. And then I thought the doctor was really kind of snapping orders at us. And I didn't, I had no idea that he outranked Torres and Kim. On, on health issues. Yeah. He outranks. Health issues. He outranks yeah. the captain. I get that. Yeah. But on his own projection issues, he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hold the rank of captain. No. But he snapped at everybody. Like yeah, he's he so snapped. snappy. He's a he's snapper. Dr. Snapper. Dr. Yes. Snappy. Did it confuse you? When we first see that Bothan captain, the way he's yeah. backlit, you know, all that yes. light's coming in from the back. To me, he looked like a dog sitting there with his front leg, legs extended and the back, you know, he just looked like a dog to me. And not mm. until later at the very end when he gets up, and then he turns into to your 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 father, and he turns into right. uh, Mark for Janeway. Then you realize, oh, he was sitting normally. It just it seemed very to me very I mysterious, always, yeah, mysterious. And I just thought, wow, he looks like he's sort of some canine race of, of alien. You know, that, that's what I I got. That from. would have been. By the way, let's just pause for a minute. Why didn't we do an episode like that where they had dogs or something, some animal? And they could have put voices into the animal and we could have gone and met some species and they could have used dogs or pigs or goats or whatever. That would have mm. been kind of cool. I wonder if they ever thought yeah, we of never, doing that. We never touched on that, did we? No, we always would see these kind of humanoid with rubber on their faces, aliens, but they never really, or eventually we got, you know, CG aliens of some sort, but we never played with the idea that, which I love that like, we could meet an alien that looks like an octopus or something or, or yeah. could look like a dog. That would have been fun. You know, it's interesting because I, I remember talking to one of the makeup artists and I was talking about because uh, he was he was doing the um, sort of a clay representation of, mm -hmm. of the next aliens, you know, mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. And I was watching him do that and I was just mesmerized. And I asked him, I was like, what? If, and how does this work? Does Michael Westmore, the head of makeup, does he just, does he tell you exactly what he wants? Or does, does he right. give you guys free reign to sort of, you know, do this or that? And what are your influences? Like, you know, mm -hmm. what influences your decision to make an alien's face look like one way or another? And they said, well, a lot of it we take from nature. Yeah. He's like, we'll look at certain insects and we'll look at certain things in, in that are in existence now as real creatures, you know, on earth. Yeah. And then we'll kind of meld that into what we would like to see. And I thought, yeah. oh, that's cool. But they've never done anything with, you know, like a canine race. We have Yeah. Seen. Yeah. You know when they're in the mess hall? Yes. And Janeway's finally eating. And he shows her the different dishes he's cooked. The yes. brine soaked nestle strips and the deviled wood frock. Both of those 
were straight from the Asian market. And oh, I yeah. know this because I've been at Chinese restaurants at banquets with my family, a big banquets were sitting there and I've, I recognized that. Yeah. And I think the nestle strips are actually, um, I think that's octopus to be honest. And then, um, oh. um, or possibly some type of intestine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. Like when I go to a Chinese restaurant, I just, I just eat whatever is thrown in front of me, but yeah, I yeah. do recognize those items. And, and I just found it interesting how that, and we've talked yeah. about this before, like in order yeah. to, to give the look of some exotic alien food, they yeah. would go to, you know, find the, what's the most exotic Asian mark, Asian foods tended to be what they, they would do some mashup of like take an Asian yeah. dish and then do some twist on it. Right. And that would be the alien version. Yeah. yeah. Well, then that makes me wonder if Star Trek Voyager was produced in China, if it was a Chinese would they show. Would be French fries. And fried chicken and, and apple pie and pizza. Right. And they'd be like, look at this alien food. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Robbie, when Janeway says, Someone was walking on your grave, talking about Kess having a weird feeling. And she says, that's an old saying on earth to describe an odd feeling. Yeah. Have you ever used that saying yourself? No, but I've heard it. It's a little dated. A big time. I've never heard of it before. Someone's walking on your grave if you get the chills. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I want to go back for yes. a second and talk about Janeway had her very first kiss on screen in that hollow novel. Are you sure about I, that? I don't think that? she had a kiss before that, did she? We've uh, watched these now, and I was I, all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. I don't think, I know there was some flirting, there's been some of those kind of things, but I don't remember her having a kiss until this episode right. on screen. We talked about that flirtation with Chakotay when she was totally staring at his lips. In that but one, she didn't uh, kiss episode, him yet. But she didn't kiss him on And bridge. that guy on the pleasure planet, she kind of flirted with him, but she, I don't think she kissed him. Oh, that's right, because I was the one that kiboshed that, right? Yeah. Kim ran into the scene and just kind of screwed up the entire uh, romance. Uh, yeah, with, so uh, I don't think she, yeah. that Kate Mulgrew had filmed an on-screen kiss until her holo novel in that, that opening, that first round in the holo novel. I think you're right. Michael Comsty. I think that's yeah. her first kiss. And yeah. by the way, she has her second on-screen kiss in the entire episode with the actor playing Mark, her, her fiancé, yeah. in the same episode two different kisses on screen. She hasn't had a single one up until now. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting, wow. Yeah, two smooches. Lots of, lots of smooching. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in. And Bolana is getting some, which- Well, that's I've her first time, right? On. Isn't that her first kiss? I don't yeah. think she's kissed anybody. No, I don't think so. Up until this point. No. Um, I also noticed whenever I'm in a scene with Bolana, I look at her or she'll look at me whenever, and we won't, it's sort of like I'll glance at her and she's not looking at me, and then she'll and glance then at look me. Away. And then, yeah, and then we look, it's like our our looking timing time, is our way look off. timing is off. It's uh, and I don't funny. know if that has to do with me being intimidated by the fact that she was, you know, I was buying the, the fact that she's half Klingon and yeah. really living my role as as Ensign Kim and believing that she was half Klingon and being intimidated yeah, by just, her Klingon. Just bad half. timing. It's just bad timing. Yeah, the sick base scene with Cass getting the chills and Kess feeling what Janeway is experiencing and having her telepathic abilities, I love. Again, another reminder of how important Kess was in mm. these first couple seasons. Yeah, I had forgotten, and I think I, I dismissed that character more 
than I should have yeah. in, in my memory because because they wrote her off and she left the show. But as I rewatch these episodes, I am really impressed with Jennifer Lean's performance and with the writing of that character and how important she was. I mean, she ultimately saves all of us mm-hmm. in this episode, you know. Yeah. She another, shows a lot of range. A lot also. of range, mm-hmm. absolutely. Very impressive for her age that, again. <laughs> yeah. I loved in the sick bay scene the music. I forget which composer did this. I want to say Jay Chataway, but I can't remember. The horror sort of strings when the little girl appears. Oh, yeah. And it, and it yeah. sounds like a horror movie, like The Omen or The Exorcist or something like that. And you see the little girl and you hear this, yeah. like on the strings. It was great. Really, it really adds to it, doesn't it? I mean, oh, the music. yeah. The music was awesome. Yeah. It elevates the tension. Yeah. So good. We had great composers on Star Trek. You know, we've talked about it before, but I just will reiterate. That we had three composers that sort of rotated, but they would write these entire orchestral scores mm-hmm. with a full orchestra that got recorded. It's unheard of now. It just doesn't happen. But I didn't know there's three. I thought there was just one. So there's three no, that sort of like just went off. Um, I think there were three that did rotation. our show. I'd have to go back and look, and I should know that. But Jay Chataway, I think, was one of them. Yeah. Um, I'm spacing out on the other two, but that's okay. But really, really great music work in this episode i think um the knife slash by the hallucinated uh, yeah the hallucination of the governess uh, character mm-hmm. whoever that woman was that was in janeway's quarters yeah in her quarters um yeah. do you notice the knife is in her left hand and so she slash slashes from left to right but if you look at this the the actual wound it's the wrong way <laughs> so it's that's like, something up. it's the other it's the the other way it's completely it should be it should be the wound should go from upper left of her hand to the right in a descending sort of emotion but it was the other way so it was if she used a right hand to slash down so it was all in her mind this was all a hallucination maybe that was a choice that we do things kind of something's off it's just not connecting i don't know and like i said these are really random small things that i noticed Um, yeah so um and i also noticed that uh, or not notice, but it made me laugh when Tuvok sees his wife, uh-huh. Pell, and she says, and right in front of you is your loot. And I kept thinking of, you know, is that your loot or are you happy to see me? Like, you know, I would, I, <laughs> I, and I remember making fun of Tim on set about that. I'm like, hey, you know, you've been playing with your loot lately. I was just doing, you know, guy jokes with him about that on that day. I had a I had a thought about the when Tim saw his loot, which by the way we never saw him play in the series. Did did he ever play the loot? No. And see, this goes back to my complaint about how they made me the person learn. Yeah, yeah, learn the clarinet. I had to learn a clarinet, something I had never played before. Tim if should have. Tim should have played the damn. Should have played the damn loot. Yeah. And by the way, oh. and and he's a musician. He could have been. It would have been awesome. And by the way, they cut to him. She goes. You're back home on Vulcan. Look around you. And they cut to him on this planet. And I'm like, who the hell would want to be on that horrible planet? It looked like hell. It was like fire and desert. And I'm like, are you, do you think it looked horrible? That's a horrible neighborhood. Why would she say like, oh, you should be happy. You're on Vulcan. No, I'm damn happy I'm not on Vulcan right now because this is a bad neighborhood. It looks like Death Valley in the U.S. It right? It looks horrible. <laughs> By the way, in that same sequence, you know, 
the actor that played Tom Paris's father was not Richard Hurd. No, who is I that forgot, guy? I forgot. I forgot they originally hired, the, and I don't know who that guy's name is, but we'll have yeah. to look it up. I sat there and I said, "Wait a minute! This guy's eyebrows are way bushier than Richard Hurd's. This it's guy's not, face is a little not different. Than, this is not Richard Hurd." So. No, I forgot that they switched that out. They yeah. switched him out. Um, but I yeah. will say, of all the main actors on the show, when we all landed into that state, that catatonic state, yeah. other than Kess, obviously, and the Doctor, I'm most impressed with your state of catatonia. You you really, really? look the most catatonic of all. Like, you <laughs> Thanks, did. buddy. You did. You did that. That's it. Was a side profile view. You had your mouth was a little bit agape. You're like this. You're like you're kind of looking up, got, but it looked but got, real. It. I bought it. Like the I other ones, a, I was like, Neh. I got a question though. The whole the whole thing about like Janeway is dealing with this for the first two or three acts. Yeah, she's having hallucinations, and she's not going into a catatonic state. And then suddenly, for some reason, when everybody else starts finally having these hallucinations, they freaking can't handle it, and yes. they turn catatonic. Yeah. Like, the rules seem to change, and that sort of bugged me, I got to say. Like, I wish that yeah. Janeway had become catatonic early on, and they had figured out, like, she had had the strength to fight through or something, right. so that later on, when pe other people started turning catatonic, you're like, oh, well, Janeway is super tough and i don't know it just seemed like the rules changed and i hate when that happens yeah you're right about that i mean that also brings up for me questions of did that firefight even happen yeah like when we were getting you know oh we have you know damages on this yeah. our shields are down did that even happen i almost feel like no because that guy was so good at you know controlling our minds from wherever he was he wasn't even there like those ships weren't there he wasn't there it just, well we did get readings and it said these are automatic there's no life signs on there's the no ships. life signs they're, on those ships yeah, yeah. so it was very very um confusing mm -hmm. um yeah i i like the idea of turning catatonic but i wish that it had been set up earlier or dealt with earlier so it didn't feel like all of a sudden the whole crew's turning catatonic and somehow the captain never did that that yeah. confused me yeah because it really seemed like everyone at the switch of a, i mean the light was switched soon, and they were immediately catatonic right yeah. like there was no like nobody had any power to resist at all and then yeah. janeway spent the majority of the episode fighting it fighting it fighting it and yeah. finally giving into it right so yeah, yeah. so that was a and, little bit of a by the way, I got to say, so in all honesty, mm -hmm. like when Chakotay comes in and Bolanus and he's flirting with Bolana and like, I started getting uncomfortable. Isn't that weird? Like that was just my character was married to Bolana, but yet somehow I'm like, like wow. Beltran, what are you doing? That's, you, like, you that's my, yeah. Wow, that's so weird. Isn't that weird? That it is was weird. a part of me because I forgot about it. So I was like, <laughs> I didn't remember this. Like I'm a little jealous. Like I'm a little what are you doing yeah and he was uh, kissing her and he put his hand up by her neck and i was like i'm gonna strangle my wife like yeah get your hands off my wife and stop strangling her because that's my half klingon wife yeah i could see you getting uncomfortable yeah. i was just still so shocked by that scene like not remembering one iota of that nope. even being filmed so yeah. that to me was like the whole time i was watching going, yeah. what and now they're gonna do it what i was so i know oh my god Janeway gets another kiss she in the gets, turbo lift yeah, yes right. i don't know if you noticed this but i noticed it looked like a horizontal scar 
on Janeway's nose, like right above the, the bul- bulbous part of the nose. You didn't see that at all? No, yeah. I didn't see that. And I was just wondering, is that a childhood scar? Maybe it was something for the episode, or maybe it was something that happened in her life and they were trying to cover it up during that episode. I don't know. Yeah, it just, or, or it could be just something from make, the makeup department, you know, a, a gaffe yeah. on their part, but it, that's something that I saw. Interesting. Um, so uh, when Janeway is knocking Mark away, his hand away, when he's trying to, you know, get you know, yes. funky with her in the elevator in the turbo lift, it just reminded me of, of, of Keely uh, watching TikTok and singing a song where she just, it, it goes something like this. She goes, stop, don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. And I just- <laughs> so random but that's all i could think about when she was like you know i won't let you touch me and she pushes them away and right. it just reminded me of that random of that tiktok chant Stop. that talks don't, don't touch, touch me there, there. This, this is my no no square. square yeah there you okay. go sort of a way to all right that's good predators. to know yeah you know i'm gonna use that chant you're gonna, gonna, gonna use that i think you should use that on set too you're talking to stop don't, don't touch, touch me there, there. This, this is my no no square yeah okay um, by the way, Dr. and Kess save the day again. I feel like yep. the Dr. and Kess are always saving the day because she's telepathic and he's a hologram. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a You're little... skipping over your scene in the hallway, Robbie. No, I got, I'm about to talk about that. So that <laughs> plasma, that plasma burn. And when I was, when Kess was hallucinating and I was pretending to be hurt in the, in the hallway, that makeup I thought was so cool. It was the first time I'd had a really cool, big, you know, prosthetic, because they did half my face with that plasma burn. That's the night, and I've told this story before, at the end of the night, they usually take off the makeup, give you a hot towel and everything. And I was like, no, 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 don't take this off. It's awesome. I got to stop for gas on the way home, and I'm going to go in and get some snacks. So leave it. And I'm just going to go, I'm going to see if I'm driving, if anybody notices. So I did. I left that. That's the plasma burn. Exactly. That episode. I don't know what night of the week it was, but it was it was dark when I was driving home, and uh, I stopped for gas. And I remember people looking at me, like you know, a lot of stares. And then I went in to get some snacks. I don't think I needed anything, but I was like, I just got to go in, and get like some soda and some chips or something. Stand in line with my plasma burn, and uh, I think that actually the lesson it was fun for me because it was a silly game. Yeah, but. The lesson for me, I remember thinking afterwards of like, wow, that was an interesting lesson for people who are not so fortunate that do have physical things, whether it's, you know, um, birth defects or whatever they have. I was really aware of people staring like when somebody looks different, the way that people sort of look at you is like a monster or a... And I know that was a scary makeup, but it gave me some empathy for people who have things that are not their fault in any way. It's just they're born with them or have something yeah. happen to them and um, how that can be very difficult to move through the world and stuff. So that, that's the plasma burn, though. That hallway scene, huh. I, I went home that night and wore it all the way and then washed it off at home. Well, I love how it started as a gag, an experiment. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like a laugh. Well, not to take away from your lesson and not to make light of your plasma burn, but my notes were, the minute I saw you, I thought, 
of that time during um, the big Las Vegas Trek convention where yeah. you, Rebecca, Megan, and I went to go eat at the coal-fired pizza place in uh -huh. the mall there. Uh -huh. It just... Your face looked like the bottom of the coal-fired pizza crust, is what it reminded me. Of. That's sort of like that coal, that yeah. coal treatment. It would look like you were, you know, a coal miner that was involved in an accident. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the days. Those were the days. Restaurants, pizza, malls, and you walking a, like a model. Uh, oh, that's right. They had like the the Las Vegas fashion, the fashion, the fashion show mall. Yeah, they would do. Yeah, fashion show mall. So I yeah. went up on the on the ramp and yeah. did a little fat impromptu fashion show. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Because I'm such to... an introvert, I really I don't <laughs> like attention. I'm gonna have to post that on the Patreon page. People, do you have, have the video that. of it? I do have that video. Ah! I have. <laughs> you should. You should. And the that. other good one I have that I need to post is of you. I don't know if Rebecca has this, but when we were in Turks and Caicos for my birthday, did you uh, record? Did she record you on the pole? dancing like a pole dance oh, no I, got, I have that too so on the have, on the boat on the boat out on the boat i don't yeah. know oh okay. i don't I go, know i'm gonna post that one too okay, okay. all right deal i i have no pride no shame by the way i just want to say that sure balana may have some deeply buried attraction to chakotay but that was a dream she didn't really sleep with him so i just want to go on record as saying like balana did not actually have a real affair with Chicote. But did she have a real attraction? Was that her secret though? Was that her secret? I mean, yes, I think that was her secret. I think that okay. was her deeply buried desire. But just like Janeway didn't actually kiss Mark in the turbo lift. No, I know, I, I know yeah. that. I'm yeah. just saying, but the, the fact that she had that deep desire. But I guess, yes, yeah, she definitely had the desire, but all I'm saying is like in the series of Voyager, Alana and Chakotay never actually had correct a thing, a thing. No, they never they never did. Yeah, which they never acted upon that. Yeah, because I'm I'm a little jealous about. I it. I know you're jealous. Does it make you feel like <laughs> less of a man? Does it? Yeah. Does it make you feel like? Yes. Oh, they knew it, and uh -huh. she secretly desired Chakotay. Um, I also want to say when Neelix comes in and Kess is trying to save the day with the the warp burst or whatever, um, yeah, in the in engineering, burst. Mm -hmm. resonance burst. And Neelix comes in and he's so worried about it. And then he sort of turns into evil Neelix. I liked evil Neelix. He plays evil good. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I wish Neelix would be a little evil now and then. Like, I was, that was, it reminded me of the pilot and that jacket, the coat that I love so much. Yeah. yeah. And evil Neelix. I, I just, yeah. that's all. I liked it. Yeah, no, there were a lot of like mirror universe moments going on of mm -hmm. everyone flipping over, you know? So, yeah. That's yeah. a good note. That's a good yeah, note. Good. I had issues with figuring out the uh, theme on this one. And uh -huh. we talked a lot about this a little bit before. So I'm going to let you roll and run on that one. Okay. Well, I think for me, the theme was uh, more of a question than an answer. Is it better to uh, know the thoughts that you have buried? Your Everyone has buried thoughts, subconscious. So the theme is, is it better to know those and bring those to your consciousness and actually become aware of it or keep them buried? To me, that's the, the theme. The theme is a question, not an answer. And, and I think it's interesting. I think you had said even Janeway actually says something to Bolana there at the end about... Uh, mm -hmm. The last you know, scene, she's, she's basically saying, maybe we should 
look at our, you know, these deepest thoughts, uh, we, we should address them, look them in the eye, but then bury them, you know, so it's sort of like, you know, address it, deal with it, but yet not share it or something yeah. like that, you know, so um, I guess for me, it's, it's really um, kind of like in Hamilton, when uh, Aaron Burr tells Alexander Hamilton, talk less and smile more and you know basically saying that you don't need to say everything that's on your mind you can you can keep things inside and sometimes things are better left unsaid so maybe that is the theme for me i also thought that uh, i think kate at the end janeway has a line where she says i'm going to take a break from fantasy now or something like that she's talking about her holo program Mm -hmm. and i thought that was interesting because this idea of like the fantasy of her holo program is where sort of her losing touch with what's fantasy, what's reality, like what what was bringing up her issues of guilt with Mark and her, you know, her partner from home and the one that she really truly loved and yet there was this fantasy. And it reminded me, all of that together sort of reminded me of this saying I heard, which is, um, it goes something like, accept life as it truly is, not as I would have it. The thing I love about that is like there is a reality, and sometimes we get in our heads a story. For Janeway, it was a hollow novel, or her guilt about Mark, or her mm-hmm. story that the ship could not run without her. There's so many mm-hmm. stories. And the truth was, there was this alien that was playing around in her subconscious. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was actually so I guess in a in a weird way that accept life as it truly is, not as I would have it is a great kind of theme that that I, or a lesson that I got out of this episode in a way of like accepting these buried thoughts, accepting reality as it truly is, not the stories we put up around them. Like the Janeway line, you know, I'm going to take a break from fantasy. Fantasy fantasy can be an escape and and a break and a vacation sometimes, but it can also be um, an avoidance of dealing with reality or accepting reality. And so- Deflecting. To me, yeah, there was a lot of those kind of issues and and themes that I that I really appreciated in this episode. So uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's our recap. Unless you have anything else to throw in there. No. Okay. That was it. That Thanks. is my feelings <laughs> about projections, and I that's, don't that's like not that. Pro- it's not. It's not projections. It's persistence of vision. <laughs> that's what I meant. I was testing you. <laughs> But the reason uh, I mixed up let's the keep titles this in the edit, please. <laughs> persistence of vision is the real name. But the reason I got mixed up is because I'm very unhappy that Balana cheated on me in her subconscious fantasy. I still am having issues. It is. It's really not, bugging me. It's it really. Is, let's be honest. It's really yeah, bugging me. I could tell it really messed you up. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in for our recap of Persistence of Vision, otherwise known as Projections. And um, (laughs) we'll see you next week when we review Tattoo. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.